Hi guys, welcome to the Divine Creators Podcast with Cody Singh. Hello everybody, welcome, welcome. Cody here. So, first of all, I hope you're all having a beautiful day. We are connecting on the Divine Creators group. We're having so much fun with auras as of late. And we're just we're just rolling with this, you know? So many great questions and so much consciousness and awakening is blooming from this. You know, what I love about awakening is it's always continuing. You know, I never really ever refer to any person as awakened because we're constantly awakening more fully to who we are. More fully to who we are, more fully to the multidimensional world, the deeper world around us. You know, there's always a new angle to perceive things in. And it's never an end state. So how can you ever say that you are fully awakened? And the awakening process is so fun. And that's why we're having so much fun on the Divine Creators group here, talking about all things auras. There's so many things that we can talk about today. But, you know, as I was about to record this, you know, I was thinking about talking about a, a number of different things, and then this one question I just noticed popped in. And I just think it's a great jumping off point because I know a lot of us on the Divine Creators group, you know, are really connected with inner child work and trauma release work, um, either receiving it or being facilitators yourselves. Um, that's certainly how and why I'm talking about auras in the first place, is because. I was, you know, and I talked about this in um, previous episodes a little bit as well, but, um, you know, when I really started to do more one-on-one work with people, facilitating these trauma release processes and working one-on-one in that way, when you really tune into people, what you understand is each person has an energetic signature, and that signature does have a color. And that color is what I call their life color, their primary color. Now, there's multiple different energies occurring around people at different times in their day. I've talked about this as well. There can be secondary colors. It can also be masks, okay, or overlays. That's another word for them. They come in for different reasons, you know, but the life colors I find really fascinating in in connection with the inner child work and and trauma work because whenever you're doing inner child work, you really have to, or, or the idea is really to connect more with the truth of who you are. So as a facilitator, when you're connecting with someone's life color, you really have a good gauge on what the nature of that person is based on what their aura color is, right? So this person, Elena, was kind of alluding to some of this in the question. So I'll read a little bit more of the question. She says, me being an indigo, I can see why some of the shadow work is a great match for me. I still feel that sometimes different approaches will be good for different people. They will, they would revitalize differently. I would imagine yellow slash pink people like my daughter wouldn't be as drawn to shadow work and may find healing uh, in f- fully living life. Uh, my red aura friend is not interested in emotional work at the very least. <laughs> um, very proactive approach to healing, including what we all understand as bypassing, bypassing emotions, that's what she's referring to, kind of just like being detached from your emotions in regard to different things that you're, you know, emotionally supposed to be 
present with in that moment. Um, that's a, I'm paraphrasing here. But um, so she says, I really want to learn more about this. It would be really great for me to learn uh, what the aura of my clients are, and that would give me a clue. Yes, exactly. So she's right on board here with kind of this theme that I'm kind of alluding to. For example, I like to use red people as uh, an example just because I know a lot of people who are listening to this podcast are blue people, purple people. So just an overview, blues and purples we understand as emotional and spiritual colors, okay? Greens are mental colors, okay, as well as some of the tans are mental colors as well. The physical colors are the reds, oranges, and yellows, as well as physical tan. Some tans are physical, some are mental, okay? Blue people, purple people, indigos, okay? That spectrum of aura people, that spiritual color, that emotional color, those colors are very much drawn to shadow work, very much drawn to emotional work, okay? They really, really get off on this stuff. And for example, myself, let's use me for an example. I'm also an indigo, just like Elena here. And, you know, a part of what I notice in the indigo people is they're very, very absorbent, okay? They absorb everything. They have this very, very perceptive ability, but they have this tendency to really absorb in everything around them, okay? The indigo way, I've talked about this in other podcasts, you know, it's, it's really supposed to be activated in adulthood. Children are not supposed to be able to perceive that depth and those layers of people's, other people's, adults, emotional fields, all of the different stresses that they are carrying in their fields from various different things in their day. Children are not supposed to be able, they're not supposed to be tuning into that and absorbing it to that degree at that age because they don't have the perceptivity, they don't have the ability to articulate what they are picking up on in a way that is useful to themselves or anyone else around them. Indigos get activated prematurely due to trauma, okay? Indigos, the indigo color is supposed to be activated more in adulthood. That's why I often call it an indigo purpose, or some people call them the indigo children. It's because often they're, they're not really born with an indigo color. They transition to that color later in life. When there are traumatic circumstances in that indigo's life earlier on, that can cause them to get it triggered early, okay? And that can be very challenging for them in social environments and learning environments. They really have a very unique way of learning things, okay? They are very absorbent. So teachers, if you are working with indigo children, you cannot expect that they will learn the same way as your red children do, okay? Your red kids are competitive and they really just, you know, they, they want to get the job done. They want to execute the task, and they, they're very primal and animalistic, okay? When you think of reds, you think of the root chakra. You think about the physical, the physical human being, physical animals, the animalistic part of us, okay? What is the task, right? The red people go to school. They say, what do I have to do? What do I have to do? How, like, okay, what do I have to do? Okay, what is the job? Execute the task, finish 
whatever it is they're doing. You know, they don't really think too much about it. Indigos, they're cycling through so many different emotional um, layers and so many different um, uh, energies and so many thought patterns belonging to them as well as other people's emotional uh, information fields. All of these different things is just cycling in their consciousness and it's terribly overwhelming for children. So really when you're an adult, that's when the indigo aura color can really become of value and of use to adults. Not to say it can't, it cannot be in adulthood, but excuse me, in childhood, it, I guess it can be, but it just, I, it's extremely rare um, for me to see, a ch it's, I just don't really see a child being able to articulate themselves um, to the depth that, uh, you know, they are picking up on things, okay, if that makes sense. So I like to use that, the, the indigo and, and the red people kind of in contrast because they're the most like stark kind of examples of like how people kind of need a different approach in communication, okay? So Elena's question here, I would imagine yellow and pink people like my daughter would be, um, wouldn't be as drawn to shadow work and may find healing in fully living life. So for example, Yes, pink people, pink people have this radiance, this, this, um, they almost come in. Okay, and I wanted to talk about this as well, because a lot of you identify as empaths or clairsentient people. Clairsentience means clear feeling in Latin, and it's just a psychic way of perceptivity. So everybody perceives psychic energy a little bit differently. Some people it's visual, some people they feel it. That's called clairsentience. Some of it's, some people call, excuse me, some people perceive it audibly that's clairaudience and then some people perceive it through a, just a, an inner knowing and that's called claircognizance clairsentience those people often when pink people come in i always say it kind of feels like a fragrance they come in and, and, it, and it, it's almost aromatic you can tell this radiance that they come in this optimism they come in and they, they bring their energy and their presence in the room and they almost like flirt with the energy around them even if it's not necessarily like in a sexual way they're flirting with the energy around them they're creating just like a fullness a, a saturation in the energy in the fields around them um, and it is very very alluring to people okay this is why a lot of pink people will be in entertainment you'll see I'll, that's just a very coveted quality that uh, people in Hollywood kind of look for and a lot of girls in Hollywood if they're not well it's pretty rare to be authentic pink. However, um, you know, a lot of people will wear masked pinks um, in Hollywood because that's what, unfortunately, they have been sort of brainwashed into thinking that they need to act and look like in order to still maybe have a job in their profession because they're looking around at these other people who act like this, you know, and they're thinking like, I have to act like that that way as well. So in, in reference to uh, inner child work and trauma work and healing work, like Elena was talking about, she mentioned something interesting. My red aura friend is not interested in emotional work at the least. 
that is so typical of red people. You know, they you're not going to find them really sitting around and, and talking about emotions. They're just going to be like, well, like, just get on with it. Come on now. Like, what what are you thinking about it for? Just do it, you know? And there are certain people in this world who operate that way, you know? And a lot of them, let's be honest, you know, they're not going to be having these conversations even that we are having. It's a very um, evolved red person to kind of uh, d just want to be talking about this. Honestly, that red energy, it's not in their nature to be talking about this. When a red person starts investigating the spiritual nature in this, in this sort of conversation, in this sort of setting, or emotions in that sort of setting, they will adopt a, a blue energy or a purple energy because that, those energies indicate spirituality, spiritual connection, and the blue is communication and just um, empathy. And, you know, they're adopting more of that into their field, okay? Maybe as a secondary color, for example. That is like uh, a red person who is evolving more. So, for example, red people, do they, does that mean that they don't ever get help? No, of course. Red people still go to therapy and they, maybe sometimes they need therapy in these cases. But what I find is, you know, if a red person is ever going to go to therapy, they typically go for things like behavior modifying sort of techniques or they'll go to like retreats, you know, that are very, very physically active and like, you know, just really about shifting their awareness and their mindset and their life like in one full swoop, you know, they don't, you know, the, whereas blue people, you know, blues, blue spectrums and purple spectrum people, um, they're more self-aware of their emotions as they go along. So they're going to be making more pit stops along the way at therapy or just having these conversations with themselves more along the way than a red person is just going to let it all accumulate and then just is going to it's all going to hit the fan one day and then they're going to be like oh boy i i need i need to switch something right now okay so that's when you'll see them go to therapy and they will just go in really really hard and really really fast okay um they will switch things up like immediately and they will be really really efficient at it they will not spend extended time in therapy. They, they're, and that they don't want to. They want to go in and accomplish their task of getting better or changing their life and then get out of there and probably never come back until they need to again. So that is red people, you know. They are in the army when they're, you know, um, you know, they're physical people, you know, so they'll be like doing physical labor, things like that, where it's just very straightforward, okay? You know, mow, let me just mow the lawn, you know? In business, they will be extremely successful. If they are a CEO, they're just, you know, there's one job, make money, I know how to do that, and they will do it. And they will often kind of be kind of harsh and callous in the process and kind of bulldoze as well. But if you notice, a lot of the richest people in the world are those characteristics as well. So I'm not saying it's justified. I'm just saying that's the way it is, unfortunately, for, for many people who want that, you know. But, um, you know, of course, all red, there's different types of red people, too. You know, not all red people are into sports. I see a lot of sports people, though. I, I mean, let me... <laughs> Start off by saying, though, red people will be in sports a lot. Um, or they will draw in either a mask red or an adaptation. 
slash secondary. Adaptation and secondary are just two words I use interchangeably. Um, you adapt a secondary, right? That's imbalanced for you. Sometimes they do that. Um, I use this example actually today in the Divine Creators group. So there's a singer by the name of Lord. She has a purple aura, okay? So if those of you who are familiar with her, you'll notice she's very, she's very sensitive. She looks delicate, right? And very guarded, right? Like she's protecting herself. And uh, there's a couple noticeable things, and you'll see them in the, the photos that I used as well. So take a look at those uh, in the Divide Creators group if you get a chance. So she's a purple aura, but what the thing is she draws in a lot of red um, as an adaptation. So she ad uh, adapts a secondary red at times in her music and in her work and in her performances. So if you listen to her music, songs also have auras. So you will see a lot of red in her music at times. Um, that and you will feel it as well okay you will feel that red energy and if you guys are familiar with her music okay again I don't know all of her songs but I know her more famous songs right her really popular ones and they typically have a lot of red energy in them um, and she does this on stage as well she pulls in this red on stage and it's a way that kind of gives her that drive and that ambition um, and, you know, that extra umph that she needs to deliver in her performance, um, that drive also that she needs to carry out her business and keep shifting and changing. Red often comes in when somebody, and it doesn't have to be your life color, but red can come into somebody's field when they are about to undergo a lot of, a major shift or a major change in their life. They will draw in that energy to propel that shift, to propel that change if that makes sense, okay? Um, yes, but uh, back to Elena's uh, question here, uh, or just her, her topic of conversation. Um, yeah, it just goes to show, you know, everybody does kind of, uh, they do require a little bit of a different approach. Um, for example, uh, green people. Green people are very, organize you know so i always say they they would resonate with internal family systems that is a type of therapy where it's kind of uh, uh, focused on different parts of your consciousness integrating those parts under uh, understanding the nature of these different parts which parts are there to protect you which parts um you know are exiled you know it's just about sort of piecing uh, apart your different uh, aspects of your consciousness that we all are composed of the different fragments of our consciousness and understanding it understanding these different compartments of our unit that is our consciousness and that really resonates for a lot of blue people as well indigos as well love that um, green people would be interested in that just by the format of it by the structure of it okay they would really just kind of love the educational sort of component to to anything especially in regards to if you're trying to get like a green person to go to therapy um, and helping them understand things about the brain they will love that okay like just really really getting into 
all of the physiology, all of the understandings about biochemistry, things like that, um, will really, really resonate for green people and kind of maybe persuade them if that is something that they should be prioritizing more. Pink people, for example, they love affirmations, you know? So they will really, really kind of resonate with um, honing in on a specific phrase or different points of resonance. They run on instinct, right? So they like to sort of use their emotional, spiritual intuition and instincts to kind of feel and trust their way through their experience. And it is a very, very evolved spiritual ability and, and a very, very high consciousness that's required to be able to have that level of trust. Okay, trust is one of the most powerful spiritual lessons in the universe. It's the one of the hardest ones for sure to cultivate that level of trust in the universe and to know that things are going to come to you in that way. That's why they are master manifestors, the pink people, okay? Pink people, again, you know, of, of course, anybody can get into any form of, of um, therapy. Let's like say that first. But there are different ones, different colors, you know, do kind of, um, again, like resonate with different ones more than others. Pink people, I just do not see them being like wanting to obsess about shadow work all the time. They will just be like, you know, they, you know, if they are going through a difficult time, it'll be like a day or two of like really, really going through it. And then <laughs> the third day they will be up, you know, they will be ready and they will be just taking life by storm and everybody will see them, you know, um, um, but, you know, in relation, just, you know, closing here on Elena's question, talking about this, um, in terms of supporting people with different auras on their healing journey, um, really all you need to be concerned about is recognizing and understanding that each person does resonate with different approaches that there are different types of people, you know, and you'll be able to detect that just by tuning into them, okay? When you attune to another person, you will detect the truth of who they are. You will detect their nature. And that's why I talk so much about feeling people's vibes, feeling their energy, and then the aura colors just kind of come after that, you know, if you want them to. But it really does kind of apparate after you kind of tune in after a while and if you really kind of connect you will see their life colors emerging and the only important component there again though is tuning in to them and making sure that you are feeling it because if you are just going off of like they're this color um you're still not connected you know what i mean y you want to arrive at an understanding that they are this color with these traits, with these behavioral patterns, you know, with this nature of their being, you know? So I would be less concerned about how do I support different people's aura colors or different people's different people based on their auras. I'd be more concerned about how can I support people based on who they uniquely are. And what I'd rather you all take from this understanding about auras in general 
is that everybody is a little bit different, okay? That even if shadow work resonates for you and your peers, it may not for other people. And that doesn't mean that they're wrong. That doesn't even necessarily mean that they're spiritual bypassing or wrong or bad people or just doing life wrong just because it's different than the way that we do it in our nature. There are many different people all over the world in all different pockets of the world, all different segments, all different jobs, you know, and they all operate a little bit differently, you know, and there's a place for all of them, you know. So really what to take from all of this is let us just tune into and, you know, attune to people enough to understand that everybody has their own unique nature and way of receiving things, you know? And if we pay close enough attention and connect enough with our being and our heart, you can detect who they truly are. And once you're honed in on that, everything as a practitioner or as a friend or as a person who you're supporting, everything that is required for you to support that person comes to you, okay? It just arrives. It's energy. Okay, it's a, it's a connection that occurs and you will be supplied with what you need to support that person after you have connected to their t- true nature. Okay, so it's about connecting to people's true essence, their true nature and understanding that each one is a little bit different, a little bit different, right? Not necessarily about trying to figure out or gauge what this person's aura is, what is their aura color so I can know how to approach them. It's more like let's attune to them and as a byproduct of attuning to them, you will know their nature and sometimes their color. Um, Now that you guys have more of an understanding and I know Elena has been guessing aura colors very accurately on the group as of late. Um, she has been really just guessing all of the aura colors I've been noticing just really spot on. So she has an awareness about the auras as well. So what you're going to notice, Elena, probably in sessions with people, when they come in, you're going to be like, okay, this person, I can tell they feel, they kind of feel like a red, okay? Or they kind of, this kind of person feels a little bit like a yellow to me, you know? So it just helps compartmentalize information and organize things really quickly in your brain and be like, okay, so I know that I should approach this person like this, okay? Um, yellow people, for example, kind of, they, they, do thing, they do one thing for a moment, one moment, and then they're doing another thing, and then they're doing another thing, and they just kind of go with the flow, and they're not really super attached to anything. If they're going to get into spiritual work or, or um, yeah, any kind of spiritual or emotional work, um, the type of readings that they're going to go for are going to be like people's personal stories, things like people's self-help books based on their lives that they can resonate and draw like common points of resonance from these, this person's life and kind of accrue and understanding more about, you know, and draw parallels from that person's life to theirs and the lessons that they've learned to lessons that they are learning, that sort of thing, as opposed to like, let me read an encyclopedia on shadow work, you know, or like, Let me, you know, read the DSM or, you know, that's like something like a green person would do, you know, Um, or let me like, you know, measure this. For example, that's like a physical tan thing. They love they're like the scientists, you know, they love just um, doing research and experimenting and measuring and doing things 
like that. So, you know, you can you can sort of understand based on that what type of emotional work or type of emotional work or type of therapy those personality types might go toward, you know? It's just kind of using um yeah, just just kind of, you just kind of it's common sense, you know, once you kind of gauge what the colors natures are, you're like, okay, then they would usually go with this approach more, for example, you know. So, yeah, the yellows just kind of go with the flow, you know. Um, and that's why, you know, if they are in the emotional field in any capacity, trauma work and things like that, they will usually have a blue in there as well because yellow is still a physical color, right? So think of like yellows as like red people, but just more sunny and just like a little bit more, yeah, that's the perfect word, sunny, you know, a little bit more social, a little bit more motivated and a little bit more organized and structural and less aggressive. I mean, there's definitely a distinction between reds and yellows, you know, for sure. And, you know, I have some more of that stuff on my website as well. So if you guys want to learn more about yellow people, um, or reds or any of the other colors, there's my website, codysang.com. There's a whole bunch of stuff on there. You guys can just uh, have fun just scrolling through that. Or this podcast as well. <laughs> We're doing so much aura stuff on here as of late as well. So I thought it would be fun just to kind of briefly kind of go over what uh, each aura color feels like. Because we, I know we have so many empaths, so many clairsentient people on the Divine Creators with Cody Singh Facebook group. And I thought that uh, understanding what they feel like would really kind of help you guys kind of gauge, gauge what that, what they, what their energies are like, you know, it'll be just like a fun exercise, a fun clairsentience exercise. If you don't gain anything from it, it's at least it's fun, you know, but I do think it's beneficial to kind of organize and have like a sort of a system by which you can organize your feelings and uh, intuitions and what you're feeling and vibing from other people having a sort of dictionary in your brain in order to kind of understand and organize this information and make use of it so for example i always say for yellow people they and okay remember people have more than one color so most people are a combination of these two colors. So if you're like, wait, I'm yellow, but I don't feel like this, you know, you're like, well, remember, you're, you're probably also indigo or something as well. So remember, it, it's a little bit of both. And it's a good exercise of understanding, okay, this, there are aspects of, of that in my personality too. Maybe I'm not recognizing it enough, but it is certainly showing up in my field. So people do feel it. And it, sometimes it's fun to know, okay, well, dang, if I have that energy in my field, that means that I could probably use that more consciously. What can I channel that energy into? Like we talked about earlier in, in Lord's aura on stage. Remember, she's pulling in red. That is a skill, okay? When people pull in adaptations, it's a skill to be able to adapt that color and use that. That is very, that's a talent. Okay, so if you have these energies, they're there because it's, there's a reason and you're skilled for having that ability, okay? That's different than, again, the masks, of course. That is more like a trauma that's like I'm hiding. I'm hiding my colors. I don't want you to see my authentic, true colors, literally. my. I don't want you to see my true colors, a.k.a. my true life colors. Masks will do that, okay? So, for example, yellow people. 
Yellows feel like an open sun, okay? Blue people feel sensitive and delicate. Purples feel spiritual and visionary, artful. Crystal people feel iridescent, twinkly, otherworldly. Indigo people feel like ether, kind of space warp-like. Red people feel like heat. They will feel like heat is coming off of them. You can feel this energy of heat coming off of them, okay? Orange people, active, physical, aloof, sensual, that sort of, if you can feel that, okay? Sort of lacks the days of calls. Tans, firm, mental, grounded, right? Pinks, we talked about this as well. Pinks are like fragrance or aromas or flowers. You can almost smell them when they come into a room. We talked about this as well. Okay, so those are like the main colors, okay? Of course, there are deviations of different colors as well. And just briefly, I just want to talk about rainbow auras because a couple of you were asking about that and there's just a lot of misconception, you know? A lot of people, whenever I see them labeling someone as a rainbow aura, it's usually features in the aura that kind of resemble a rainbow-like effect, okay? But we have to understand rainbow really is a consciousness. So when somebody is adopting that energy, sometimes I will see pregnant people have rainbow in their aura. They'll just go through this period of nine months of just being super duper in balance and just so tranquil and so beautiful. You will see like rainbow around them. Mm -hmm. However, some people will have sort of what looks like a rainbow life color. And, what, and when you look at that, if you really, really gauge it, what it actually is, it, it's prismatic. It looks like a crystal, except it's, it's giving off rainbow colors, okay? So this is why it's confusing when people are like, okay, there are rainbow people, there are rainbow auras, you know? What they really are is a crystal aura with rainbow energy, like adopted into it, okay? It's a consciousness that it's enveloped, and oftentimes these rainbows, they don't stay rainbow. There are some people that, can't, that, that do kind of maintain it, but I've usually seen that they all transition out of it at some point, okay? But really, rainbow signifies balance and harmony. And what's interesting is I sometimes, and this is just an observation, for some reason I see people who are violet, sometimes I will see them just go rainbow. Like, it'll just turn rainbow all of a sudden. Um, it's often uh, violet people who used to be crystal, they will transition often to like a violet before they, they turn rainbow, okay? Um, and of course, I just really understand the rainbows, um, just as really just balanced, harmonious beings. When they're there, you don't, they, you don't need to take them to therapy. They will be fine, you know? So it's not like, there's not going to be a, a book on how to manage relationships with rainbow people, you know? They're just in a really great balanced place in their life. They're spiritually connected. 
um, they're balanced and physically, you know, grounded and found their equilibrium with both of those physical, emotional, and spiritual aspects of them for that time being. Um, it's a beautiful space of, of being, you know. Um, but yeah, I just noticed that they don't always remain, okay? And really briefly, I just want to talk again, because I didn't finish talking about Lord. So Lord, if you look at her photo here, especially in the last picture, but also in this first picture, what you'll notice is what I call dark spots, a dark spot right on the top of her head. So if you look at the top of her head, it almost looks vulnerable, okay? For, so for those of you who are clairsentient, you'll be able to feel this or intuit it. When you look into her field, when you feel into her field, you'll be able to kind of detect this sort of vulnerability on sort of around her forehead and the top, very top of her head, okay? This energy usually always character, it, it, it's always when somebody is going through a very stressful time in their life where they're putting a lot of pressure on themselves, okay? And this is characteristic often of people who've got a very, very powerful, fast-moving stream. So people with very fast-moving streams, understanding the soul, first of all. The soul is constantly in motion. We are constantly in motion. We can't stall our soul. We are constantly moving, right? So when you're somebody who's created a lot in your life, you've created a lot of momentum in your life. You've created so much where the stream of your energy moves very, very, very rapidly. And you have to stay on top of that, okay? The moment you kind of stop that momentum or think that you can stop it, it's not stopping. You are splitting off from that stream that is accelerating because, of, because you're afraid of it, because of fear, because of trauma, etc., so when that happens, you're creating dark spots that can become later voids. And this is very, very, very difficult to manage, especially for somebody in the spotlight like her, as well as somebody who has a purple aura. She's a very sensitive girl. So being that sensitive and creating that much, you see why she has to draw in this red energy just to do what she does, that is like what keeps her safe and keeps her basically able to execute all of these things. Um, but looking at her aura, look at the photos, okay? You will see a vulnerability on the top of her head, okay? And what it looks like visually is, again, like a dark spot that can turn into a void. It's more, you can actually see it in the photo with where she's wearing a yellow outfit that I posted, you can see it more there. Because the second photo, she has a lot of red energy in that one. The other two, though, you can see it a lot more. You can feel it, okay? So whenever you see that energy in somebody or in a client that you guys are working with or a friend who's going through something, maybe, you will feel that stress energy right over their heads, okay? And you'll know that they're putting too much pressure on themselves or they're not measuring up to what they are, have like kind of worked toward already. Um, so what happens when your soul is accelerating at a faster rate than you are consciously moving at, 
is a split, a discord from yourself and the truth of who you are, aka separation from your higher self. You're splitting off, so you're falling out of alignment. And the more that you fall out of alignment, that void is going to grow more and more and more to the point that you will, your soul will choose to to withdraw from this life. If you continue to resist the momentum of your soul, you will withdraw um, because that is your conscious choice. You see, if you don't want to be here, you're communing, communicating the message that you don't want to be here. And the universe is responding to that. You do have a choice. And when your soul is progressing at a, at a rate that you're like, I don't want to do that. Well, guess what? You don't have to. But you have to understand, too, that that is being reflected in your auric field, in your energy and in your spirit. If your spirit is moving in another direction, then there is going to be evidence for that manifested in your behaviors or your life or your circumstances in your life your level of suffering, anxiety, things like that. And the void, depending on what you are experiencing, will be in that part of the body, you know, depending on what it is that that person may be going through. Like, she's just putting so much pressure on herself, and she's a really powerful creator. So that is just compounding right there on, you know, her forehead, the top of her head, her third eye, that energy is really, really strong there, okay? But I wanted to use her as an example just to kind of understand voids and see like a really kind of common one because I do see this a lot, okay? And just because you have a void doesn't mean that you're going to die, okay? People have voids for 30, 40, 50, 60 years, okay? But the only time you're going to withdraw is the moment you choose to withdraw, okay? That void is there because there's a part of you that's choosing to, to not be there. There's a large part of you that doesn't want to remain here when there's a void present. And it's about investigating that part of you um, and understanding just the nature of that to understand the direction of where your soul truly is going and what the miscommunication is, okay? what the disconnect is, you know? So again, there's so much to go on here. There's so many different avenues to kind of uncover related to all this stuff, you know? And we've been talking for 42 minutes already, you know? And there's so much more. So, you know, I I'm sure that we're going to be navigating a lot more discussions, talking about, you know, inner child work and healing and all things related, you know, in the future, because all of this is connected to that in huge ways. And we are all just doing our best here on planet Earth, you know, to survive this world, you know, and anything that can help us do that, make it a little bit more fun, shake things up a little bit, you know, I don't think can hurt. So have a beautiful day, everybody. Sending you all so much love. And take care. Bye, guys.